All right, God bless you, church family, and thank you so much for being here this morning. We appreciate Dan being with us today as Brother Steve is out. As you, many of you know, he is on a mission trip um, to the Ukraine, and I would like to take the chance to share with you a text that Brother Steve sent me just this morning. Uh, you'll celebrate in this report. Um, Brother Steve wrote this. I have no idea what time it was there. Um, but anyway, he says, After a great morning of worship with fellow brothers and sisters at Grace Baptist Church in Rivni, Ukraine, we are on our bus for a two-hour drive to Lusk, Ukraine, where we will be doing concert number five. He said, even though the concert halls and all the cities we've been to have been limited to 50% capacity, we've already witnessed nearly 700 souls making decisions to follow Jesus Christ. Let's stop right there and give God praise. Amen. Uh, God is at work, he says, even amidst the global pandemic, my back has continued to cause very much pain when moving. Thankful that I've been able to sleep well and take meds prior to our concerts to help with mobility. It's a great joy to be back in this part of the world doing kingdom work. However, I will miss being with you and our people today at FBC. Please know that I am praying for you today as you preach. I'm proud and privileged to be here in Ukraine as an ambassador of FBC Corsicana and a child of God. Blessings, Brother Steve Colburn. Praise be to God. All right, that's a wonderful report, and um, I appreciate you being here today. We celebrate 700 new brothers and sisters in Christ all because of country music, amen? And um, we praise God for that. Last week, you may remember, and as we were in sermon number six in our ongoing series titled Refresh, that I shared um, some humorous Burma shave signs that began being placed along the highways back in the 1930s and 1940s. And as a result of that, the pastor always gets feedback. And my feedback this week is somebody amongst us um, gave me a list of other funny signs, and I thought I would start off by sharing these today. I've actually made um, some, some slides for us so that we can look at these together. Here's the first sign I think that will make you smile. It's a, it was a sign over a podiatrist's office, and it says, Time wounds all heals. All right? I loved that one. Um, here's another one, a sign on a maternity room door. Push, push, push. Right? Um, that's appropriate. A sign on a dog owner's fence, salesman welcome, dog food is expensive, right? Um, a sign on a propane filling station, thank heaven for little grills, right? Um, and then a sign in the front yard of a funeral home, I love this one, drive carefully, we'll wait, okay? And then a sign in a veterinarian's waiting room, be back in five minutes, look at what it says, sit, stay, right? And um, so I appreciate you sending those to me. Um, I'm always open to a good email and um, good material to get us started for a sermon. This is the seventh message in our series titled Refresh. And if you haven't been with us, we've been talking about um, what to do when our life crashes. I would imagine that you and all of us in this room have faced a time in our life when we sense that life is just crashing around us. Uh, just like a computer can crash, right? So can our lives. And we basically ask this question, wouldn't it be wonderful if life had a refresh button? Uh, like the one we have on our internet browser. Sometimes our computer goes down, sometimes internet stops working. 
we simply just hit refresh and everything's good again with the world, right? So this series has been about learning how to find steps of personal refreshment, how to find steps of spiritual refreshing. And we're studying that famous part of the Sermon on the Mount, beginning in Matthew chapter 5, called the Beatitudes. These are attitudes that ought to be, right? These are the attitudes that Christ laid out, and they really tell us how to be refreshed. And so today, if you're here and you say, Pastor Danny, I really need refreshing Listen to me. you come to the right place. I'm thrilled that you're here. So go ahead and stand with me this morning. Take your Bibles and go with me to Matthew chapter 5. We'll be reading verses 1 through 9. But before we do that, you know what's first. We have a little memory verse that we've been learning. This is our refreshed memory verse, Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Don't put that on the screen. I don't want anybody to see it. All right, very good. Bobby, you pulled pulled another one on me today. All right, here we go. You ready? Acts 3, 19. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Y'all, that's getting better every single week. And I want to tell you that I went to my son Ryan's room this week, and there on a slip of paper, I'm not sure who gave it to him, it said, Refresh Memory Verse, Acts 3.19. He's had it in his room for these last six weeks, and so that made me very, very happy. By the way, Um, Ryan's going to be leading worship in the second worship service. He's taking Steve Colburn's mic, so it's going to be a wild time in the second service. So y'all come on back. It's going to be fun. All right, take your Bibles. Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. We have learned that every single beatitude builds on the previous one. And so every week we've read the entire passage. Let's read it again today, um, beginning in um, chapter 5, verse 1. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds... He went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And today's verse, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Today, it's my prayer, and I want you to join me in this, that God's Spirit would speak to your heart and that you would do everything in your power. God gave you the ability to hear His voice. Let's attune to Him today. Let's hear His voice, and let's respond. Amen? Amen. Be seated. I want to do a quick review for us. Maybe you say, Pastor, I haven't been here, and so you know where we've been now. And and now I want to connect you with these steps that you see behind me because each of these steps, beginning at the top and working down, you can see now today that these all spell out that first letter. They spell out the word refresh. And, And we correlate these steps with these beatitudes that we've studied thus far. And so let's walk along together. The first step is to realize that I'm not God, right? of that first beatitude, and with that, we have to admit, I'm totally helpless. We're talking about being spiritually helpless. There's nothing we can do to gain our salvation. If you want to be refreshed, you have to start there. You can't do a thing. You're totally helpless. You're not God. And that leads to the second step, earnestly believe God exists and that I matter to Him. And the attitude coming out of the second beatitude is, I believe God can help me. So this begins the message of the gospel in our lives, that we're helpless before God, 
but God cares about us, and He can help us. That's refreshing, right? And then we move to the third beatitude. We fully submit our lives and our wills to Christ's control. This is blessed are the meek. I'll be meek, the attitude is, without being weak, because meekness is strength under control. And then we move to the fourth step, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, right? And the step here is to receive God's righteousness as a gift of grace. And the attitude for us is I'll cooperate with God's change process. I'm helpless. God can help me in my meekness, right? I'll say, God, if you want to change me, then I'm going to cooperate with you. I'm going to submit my life unto you. I'm going to let you do what you want to do in me. That leads to the fifth step, extend forgiveness to those who have hurt me. And the attitude here is I'll show mercy because I so deeply need mercy. Um, Every one of us needs mercy from God. Uh, We're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We need mercy. Um, we, we are, we're, we're ridiculous at times. We say things and do things and, 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 and act in ways that we shouldn't act. We need God's mercy um, to be extended to us. So we'll extend forgiveness to those who have hurt us. That leads to the sixth step, seek purity instead of perfection, right? The last verse in Matthew 5, be ye perfect as I am perfect. That's been confusing for people, but it's talking about maturity. It's talking about growing up. So our attitude is, I'll admit my faults and accept God's cleansing. The only way we can be cleansed, what can wash away my sin, we said, nothing but the blood of Jesus, right? And that's where we were last Sunday. And so today we arrive at this, at this seventh beatitude, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. And this is our seventh step today, help others find peace with God. And here's the attitude that we'll, we'll focus on today. I'll build bridges and not walls. Say that with me. I'll build bridges and not walls. So in this morning's message, I want us to consider what it means to be a peacemaker. And here's how we're going to start. I want to ask three questions as we launch off together. Are you a peace faker? Are you a peace breaker? Or are you a peace maker? Let's start off with being a peace faker. Are you a peace faker? Now, what is a peace faker? A peace faker seeks peace at any price, which is really no peace at all, right? A peace faker mistakes the absence of conflict for peace. Thus, they avoid conflict at all costs, even at the cost of sacrificing truth. They'll do whatever it takes, right? Or if there is conflict, they'll never close the loop, and what they call peace is just a pause in the ongoing unsettled conflict. The prophet Ezekiel described them this way, Ezekiel 13, verse 10. He said, they lead my people astray, saying peace, when there is no peace. And because when a flimsy wall is built, they cover it with whitewash. So a, a peace faker builds walls instead of bridges. They, they just cover things up and sweep it under the rug. Are you a peace faker? Uh, the second question is, are you a peace breaker? Now, this is the opposite of a peace faker because a peace breaker is constantly starting fires. 
They're constantly causing conflict. A peace breaker builds walls instead of bridges. They're argumentative. They're abrasive. They aren't happy unless everybody else is unhappy, right? Uh, they're the kind of people who disagree simply for the sake of argument. You know those kind of people. They're, they're troublemakers who leave a trail of wounded people in their wake everywhere that they go. And sometimes peace breakers ruin the sweet spirit that, can, that should be in a church. They destroy the sweet unity of the spirit that exists, that should exist in the church. Uh, Paul wrote this to Titus, and he told him, Titus 3.10, listen to this, warn a divisive person once, and then warn him a second time, and after that, have nothing to do with him. Warn a divisive person once, then warn him a second time, after that, have nothing to do with him. Are you a peace faker? Are you a peace breaker? And now, are you a peacemaker? You see, instead of being a peace faker or a peace breaker, you should be a peacemaker. And a peacemaker very simply builds bridges instead of walls. Now, when most people first hear the word peacemaker, they, they think Jesus must have been talking about a person who brokers a peace treaty between two warring nations, right? But that's really not what Christ had in mind here at all. That's not what he's talking about. A desire for world peace, that's a noble goal. It's a great answer at a beauty contest, right? But Jesus said there will always be wars and rumors of wars. It's very interesting. I guess we ought to ask this. I asked it as I was thinking this through. Is world peace even possible? I want you to listen to this statistic. A historian named Will Durant pointed out that in over 4,000 years of recorded human history, there have only been about 286 years of peace. And during that same period, he estimates there have been over 8,000 peace treaties that have been made and then broken. Um, someone said this, it got my attention, peace is merely that brief, glorious moment in history when everyone stops to reload, right? And so that's the way it feels. That's the way it feels in our world today. That's the way it feels probably in, in your life, in our life. But even though world peace seems beyond our scope, it is possible, hear me, to experience personal peace. And here's the great news, that we can experience, we can help others experience this peace. So what's a peacemaker? Let's talk about this. There's going to be three indistinguishable marks of a peacemaker. Here's the first one. A peacemaker enjoys peace with God. I want us to plug ourselves into, into, this, into this journey that we're taking. A peacemaker enjoys peace with God. The most important peace in the universe is being at peace with God. If you're at peace with God, you can find peace everywhere else, even in the midst of storms, right? Are you at peace with God? Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. Where? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is so important because the Bible teaches that because we're sinners, we're alienated from God. We're at enmity with God. We are enemies of God. But God so loved the world that he gave his son Jesus to bring us away to find peace with him. Jesus came that we might have peace with our creator. And the peace that Jesus came to give, it's not peace between nations. 
No, he, he came to give us peace with God and inner peace, a peace that passes all understanding. We talk about that all the time in the church. You see, once you're a child of God, you don't have to worry or fret about what may happen in this life or next. You can live in peace. How many of you have experienced this? No matter what's going on around me, I can still have peace because I have peace with God. Let me tell you a story. An elderly Christian woman was grief-stricken over the death of her daughter, all right? To adjust, she boarded a ship from England to New York City to visit her other daughter, and while at sea, this terrible storm struck that vessel. The passengers were frantically racing all over the deck of the boat, finding the, the lifeboats, and this elderly Christian lady showed no sign of panic whatsoever. And a young man finally asked her, Lady, don't you know that we may sink and all of us die? And here's what she said. She said, Young man, I have a daughter in heaven, and I have a daughter in New York City, and it doesn't make me any difference which one I get to see first. Right? That's peace. That's wonderful. That's inner peace. Before you can be a peacemaker, you must accept the peace God offered you through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus, hear me, you can know him today. You can have his peace today. A peacemaker enjoys peace with God. Second, a peacemaker endeavors to mend broken relationships. A peacemaker endeavors to mend broken relationships. When, when Jesus came preaching, he claimed to fulfill the prophecy found in Isaiah 61. Listen to this. The Lord has appointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Jesus came as a peacemaker to bind up broken hearts, to bind up broken relationships. As the followers of Jesus, we need to be doing the same thing. We must endeavor to mend broken relationships. The key word in this is endeavor because it isn't always possible, but we ought to be endeavoring to do it. We have two jobs. Friend, you have two jobs. We have two jobs as peacemakers. Here's the first one, keeping the peace in my relationships. Let's, let's just think this through carefully together as, as brothers and sisters in Christ. Romans 14, 19, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. Now, this is important because all of life is about relationships, and we often experience conflict in those relationships. And conflict conflicts are inevitable, Right? So the only variable is how we deal with them. How will we deal with them? Let me tell you a story. It's widely known that Prime Minister Winston Churchill and Lady Astor engage in this public feud. If, um, you may have read about this in history, and at one gathering, Lady Astor said, Mr. Churchill, you are despicably drunk. He said, you're right, and you're despicably ugly, but in the morning I'll be sober, he said. At another time, Lady Astor said this, Mr. Churchill, if I were your husband, I'd put poison in your tea. He said, indeed, if you were my wife, I'd gladly drink it. <laughs> so, so we can laugh at other people's conflicts, but there's nothing funny when we're going through our own conflict, is there? It's not fun anymore. So the good news is the Bible excuse me, Jesus himself in Matthew 18 gives us a formula for resolving personal conflict. 
And, and here it is. I'm going to just walk through the steps for us. This is the way it's supposed to happen. He says, if someone has offended you, the first step is to go to them personally and seek to make peace in the relationship. If they listen to you, then you won them over. Right? If that step fails, then you take a couple of trusted friends with you who will try to help you make peace with your friend. Jesus said if those first two steps fail, only then should the issue be brought before the church. And here's the problem. Where most people fail in the process is that they go around telling other people before confronting their friend about the conflict. In other words, they gossip. They have a fire in their own spirit for whatever the reason, and then they take those embers and they start throwing them everywhere they can among their friends and groups. Hey, did you hear? Hey, I want to tell you something. Hey, let me come to your house and talk to you about something I know. Hey, come here, I want to tell you what I found out. See, And see, that's gossip. That's talking behind someone's back. If someone has offended you, and you go tell another person before lovingly confronting the offending party, then you've sinned against them, and you need to seek their forgiveness for disrupting God's peace process. You see, talking to others instead of the person is sin against God, and it's sin against them. Now, I would imagine that most of us have heard of St. Francis of Assisi. He was born in the Italian village of Assisi in, eight, in the year 1182, and he was a peacemaker. And he voiced a famous prayer. And I was reading it this week, and I just felt the Lord lead me to, to pray it over us. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. Grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it's in giving that we receive. It's in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it's in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen and amen. Today, let's make that the prayer of our hearts. The very first job of a peacemaker, keep peace in my relationships. The second job is to help others keep the peace. You see, once we have made peace in our relationships, God calls us to broker peace for others who are in conflict. And there's a great example in Scripture of this. It, it comes from Paul's letter to the Philippians. And, and in this letter, he, he mentions two women who seem to be in conflict with each other. And here's what he writes in that letter. You may remember this text. He said, I plead with you, Euodia, and I plead with Syntyche to agree with each other in the Lord. Now, here's the interesting thing. The name Euodia means good journey. The name Syntyche means happy experience. But neither of those ladies was living up to their experience, right? They weren't living up to their names. They were making it a long, unhappy trip for everybody. So, so Paul asked them to get along. 
And that's what God calls us to do. Sometimes we need to help people who are going through times of conflict. Blessed are the peacemakers, our two jobs. Be at peace in our relationships, help others keep the peace. And so, so we have these, these first two words. A peacemaker enjoys peace with God. A peacemaker endeavors to mend broken relationships. And then, and then the third part is so valuable, and it's, it's where I want to hang out for a while as we move to completion. A peacemaker encourages others to find peace with God. And this is the very best way to be a peacemaker. And this is what I'm going to challenge you to do. The best way to be a peacemaker is to introduce others to Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. Our job is to tell men, women, boys, and girls how they can be reconciled with God, how they can have peace with God. We don't have to preach sermons, right? We just simply share the story of how we came to find true peace. And the world is full of people who need to hear the story. And if we don't tell them, who will? Think about that. You're the only Jesus some will ever see. You're the, you're the only words of life some will ever read. So let them see in you the one in whom is all they'll ever need. You're the only Jesus some will ever see. I, I want you to think about this today. There are only two things that you can do here that you can't do in heaven. You know what those are? Let's think about this for just a moment. You can pray here and you can pray in heaven, Correct. Um, you can sing and worship here. You can sing and worship in heaven. But there are two things that you can do here that you're not going to be able to do in heaven. Here they are. You won't be able to sin in heaven. Heaven is a perfect place. Praise the Lord, right? It's a perfect place. The other thing you can do here that you can't do there, you won't tell others how they can come to know Jesus in heaven. Guess what? Everybody there already knows. Okay? So the, here's, the, here's the thing, the point I'm making. So God has left you here to do what you can't and won't need to do there. It's our job to tell others how to have peace with God. Uh, when we get to heaven, I think God's going to say this. Hey, great, I'm so glad you're here. Did you bring anybody with you? Right? That's going to be the question. So Jesus said this, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called sons of God. I want you to think about this. Let's think about the verse. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. What do we do in our refrigerators? Well, among other things, if you're a parent, you undoubtedly did this. When your child did something good, it was going on the fridge, right? Um, a good report card, whatever it might be. Um, you put it up, a picture of them doing something great. Though there were things that your child did that made you proud of them. So what is it that makes God most proud of his children? I believe it's when we share the good news. I believe it's when we tell somebody how to have peace with him. That's the main job of the peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children, the sons of God. Let me close with this story. I love this so much. You're, you're going to love it. A former missionary to Brazil told this amazing story. He told about a Brazilian woman who was not a Christian, but she knew there was a God. And one year on her birthday, she literally, true story, she looked up at the sky and she praised this out loud, eyes open, Dear God, please send somebody to tell me how to know you. But years passed and nobody came. And every year on her birthday, right, she would pray the same prayer. Dear God, 
Why haven't you sent someone? Please, God, I want to know you. Will you send somebody to tell me how? And this went on for years. But still her prayer wasn't answered. And then one year her birthday rolled around, and she prayed the same prayer again. And later that day, she heard someone clapping at her gate. Now, those of us who have been on the Amazon know how this works. Brazilian homes, they don't have windows. They really don't have doors. They, they have fences around, and you go and you, you clap at the gate, and someone comes and looks through the door, the window, to see, see who's there. And so someone came clapping at her gate. She went to the gate, and she finds there this young missionary standing outside the gate. He asked if he could come in and talk about God. Well, she was amazed. She was excited. She immediately said, yes, come on in. And as he spoke with her, the missionary told her how Jesus is God's son, and only by putting faith in Christ should, could she have peace with God. As tears filled her eyes, she gratefully prayed the prayer to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And then she said this, this is a miracle. Today is my birthday. Thirty years ago, I first prayed a prayer for God to send somebody to tell me about him. And now, 30 years later, you're the answer to my prayer. And the missionary's eyes immediately filled with tears. A smile poured across his face. He said, it truly is a miracle because today is my birthday too and I'm 30 years old. God had heard her prayer and had been preparing her answer for 30 years with the birth of this baby boy. Friend, our God is a mighty God. Amen? Isn't that amazing? In Romans 10, the Bible asks, how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without somebody preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? And then Paul quotes the amazing verse, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of what? God's peace. So do something beautiful for God. Show others 